Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for march 15th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining us on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be and i'm joined by the biggest jeff jarrett fan the biggest Jeff Jarrett fanatic in the IWC. Somebody who is so heartbroken that he didn't win the international championship tonight from Orange Cassidy, the Chi-Town Smart. Jesse, what's going on, man? He didn't win, man. He didn't win. I know. It's 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 a sad day, man. It's a sad day. Yeah, I'm I'm here. You're here. I'm here. You know, I I said, I didn't even tell Jesse before uh this uh the show tonight, if Jeff Jarrett won, he would have had to wear a cowboy hat on next week's show just to kind of fit the mood. But luckily, luckily for our sanities, Jeff Jarrett did not win the international championship tonight from Orange Cassidy. That was the least of our concerns. But, man, what a show tonight, man. Like I said in the open on the uh, on the way into the venue tonight, if there's one thing Tony Khan does almost better than anybody, bro, it's that first impression. We know how, how great those first impressions are, man. When they come into a new city, he's all guns blazing, and tonight was no different, man. This show from Winnipeg was a fucking banger tonight. It was a great show, man. It was a really good show. Um, by, I'm going to go by, by Canada's very, very high standards. This crowd was very mild tonight. You thought they were very mild tonight. Just by going to in by the insane Canadian crowds that I'm used to seeing. I've seen them much worse. But by those standards, mild. By by any other boondock city in America, the crowd was fantastic. I mean, what are you bet what are you basing it off of? I mean, WWE going into Montreal with Sami Zayn. I mean, that's not really a fair comparison. Why not? It's Canada, is it not? Yes, I know, but Sami Zayn's the hottest baby face in the entire industry. Hogan, Rock, look at that, man. Uh, you need that energy. You're not going to get that energy for an AEW Dynamite. I mean, it was uh, why not? It was just a weekly television show, man. You oh, can't you on, can't compare man. it to the Sky Dome and Rock when, Hogan, which is one of my when, favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, by the way. When you come to Chicago, you get all of Chicago, bro. Uh, I do, I do, minus the deep dish. And the fucking uh, obscene hot dogs that they serve over there, man. What the fuck's wrong with you people? Oh, now, wait, now New York has better <laughs> hot dogs, dude. I don't eat, I don't eat, listen, I don't eat New York dogs either. You know what? It's windier here in New York than it is in Chicago. Today it was. I don't know about you over <laughs> there, but uh, uh, yes, tonight was a great show. Uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, came out of tonight's show, man, and, and my favorite thing, that came out of tonight's show was the MJF re-bar mitzvah and what it led to. I, I did not have 
any idea we were going to go and do this tonight, but what Tony Khan theoretically have, has done here is set up what could very well be one of the most original and I would say the biggest, one of the biggest AEW main events for a world championship that we've seen in all four years, man. This is going to be, if the direction is what we saw tonight, a tremendous main event. MJF was confronted and the bar mitzvah was ruined by Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen, which, as you guys know, are the four pillars, including MJF, the four pillars of AEW. Now, uh, there is a fifth pillar, but uh, she is not able to compete in the men's division. Uh, hi, hi, Britt. How, how you doing, honey? Everything good? Everything good? My mother's basement's coming along swimmingly. Everybody will be in my mother's basement in about two weeks. You're, you're on the VIP list. Don't worry about it. Jesse's not, I though. Love, this geek is not. I love the uh, the Canadian tuxedo, Britt. Ah, yes. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all joking aside... Uh, Fatal 4-Way, bro, setting up for Double or Nothing main event. I didn't think that they were going to put MJF in there with all three of these guys at the same time. But this main event could be one of the most important in AEW history, man. I am super stoked about the direction of all this. And I thought that opening segment tonight was one of the best, if not, I would say at the top of the list of best opens to AEW Dynamite since the show has been on TNT or TBS. Yeah, it, it's, it, it looks pretty exciting. Um I gotta admit, I'm a I'm a little skeptical about this booking. I only say that because I want to see. It's gonna take a while to find out. I need to see what the plan for MJF is after this feud, because the way I look at it right now, this looks like three separate feuds that could take MJF through 2023. I I, I I get I I get that and I and I know that was going to be uh, the concern of many people, but the way I think about it, and that's obviously the biggest glaring question here. The way I look at it is, if if you put these guys in individual matches and and, and you stretch this out all year, and these all, all three all three of these guys are MJF's opponents all year, and he beats all of them because honestly, and you and I both know he's not losing that championship until right. deep into 2024. What do those guys? What does Darby, what does Sammy, what does Jungle Boy do after they realistically lose to MJF in a one-on-one match and don't capture the AEW championship? I could kind of switch that question around and say the same thing about those guys. Why not do it all in the same match and have MJF beat them all at the same time and then he moves on to somebody else? Wouldn't it be the same concern? They just lost the world title match? Yeah, but you're not more, you, to me. To me, you're not pinning one of them individually, and you're not stifling one's momentum to move on to the next, and stifle that momentum for the next guy, and then the next guy, and, and, and all four of them can get in there and just do what they got to do, and all four of them can shine individually in the same match. It could be a, a barn burner uh, of a world title match. They, they have a lot more to do. Uh, I would say, as far as structure of the match is concerned, I don't know. I, I think I like this better. And, and to me, I, again, you know, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on. And we know we know all out's going to be in Chicago, it, bro. If he, if MJF wipes out all all the pillars of AEW, who the fuck is left? I mean, who's left for him? Except for okay. uh, a, a certain a, a certain Chicago na- a, sh- a certain Chicago native for uh, for all out. Oh my god! I, I listen. I, I have to say it, man. I have to Why? say it because. Why? You don't really have to. I, I I have to because it's on everybody's mind, and you know it's going to be on. Is Punk going to be out all out in Chicago? <laughs> to do what? Do another? What are they going to do? Put the title back on him? No. 
Okay, so not. you know, when he comes back, he finds something to do. I don't think it's gonna be in the world title picture, so I don't think he should be brought up in this particular discussion. Well, my opinion stands on the uh, on the situation there with all three of them being in the ring with MJF is a better idea than doing it individually. And also, a lot of fans may not may not look at uh, a Sammy Guevara versus MJF main event for a pay per view, bro. You know, it's like who's going to really look at that as like, oh my god, that's the headliner for All Out or the headliner Fair for enough. Double or Nothing. You know, fair enough. Okay, I can see that though. All right. But what are you what are you what are you concerned about there? No, no, it was just. I mean, the match and the feud would be great. I'm just wondering. I was just wondering what they have planned for MJF after it. Because then I'd be like, well, if if this is all you had for him, then we just could have separated that that match. Yeah, you know that was that was it. That was it. I mean, I'm intrigued. I want to. I want to see it. I just don't want. And and I'm coming from a place of 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 history because once again, AEW has a terrible history of crowning a champion and then losing their momentum. Now MJF seems to me like he should be someone that's exempt from that rule but I just want to make sure that's all. So if they got something planned for him after this feud and it keeps his momentum going, great. Fantastic. If he starts coming up like fumbling and not sure what doing here and kind of falling to the wayside, then I'm going to say, well, we shit. We put three stars in there at once. We could have separated those. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see. I see both sides. I mean, honestly, I thought it was going to be Adam page after he beat John Moxley at, uh, at Revolution, I mean that that made the most sense. I mean, he beat the one guy that really is un, unpinnable and yeah. hasn't tapped out, and, and he and he tapped him out at the pay per view. So it, it's almost as if why isn't an Adam Page when he beat the most indestructible fucking guy in the company that that would make anybody beating Moxley the number one contender, uh, honestly in anybody's mind going into the pay per view, the next pay per view. But it, it's not Page. We could see Page go into All Out. Uh, Adam Cole is another one, but I don't even think I'd even visit the Adam Cole MJF match yet anyway, because, you know, everybody, and again, it all goes back to MJF is not losing in 2023. So you got to be careful about who you choose as his opponent, because if you throw Adam Cole in there, he's only going to be another casualty. And I don't think that's the best role for him to come back, get into a feud with MJF and lose. And what do you do with him? He's right. He goes right back to the back of the line. TNT titles a little bit more logical, and that makes a little bit more sense for him uh, when he comes back. But you know, it, it is it is it is a big topic of discussion. Where does MJF go after he beats all three of these guys? It's definitely a valid question. It, it, it look, I mean, as you mentioned, it, it does sound like um, Hangman should be the, um, the next one. He he's gaining ridiculous momentum. Let's see where you know where this feud he's in now. And has him looking at the end of it, but right now it looks like he has the most momentum in the company right now. Adam Page, Adam Hangman, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back to. Uh, I don't think he's where he was when he was feuding with Kenny, but uh, he certainly, you know, it's never changed for him. It's always been that hot. He's always been beloved, and it's a great thing to see. It's never been yeah. worse than it was. Uh, you know, even even through the pandemic, he was just over. Everything's going good for him, so I'm surprised it's not him, but. Uh, again, th- this this fatal four way idea that Tony Khan potentially teased tonight with all the pillars. I mean, that's a tremendous main event in Las Vegas of all places, and it goes back to their roots. I mean, everything about the match makes sense. The double or nothing, you know, they built the company off of all four of these guys and their names. So why not do the double or nothing main event with a fatal four way with all four of these guys in the fourth year? There's a lot of four symbol uh, symbolism there. So I like it. 
I yeah. like it. Let yeah. me know. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. I like it. I think it makes the most sense, and I think it's the safest route for MJF to knock out all three of these guys without damaging them one on one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds like it should be a you know a pretty good turnout. Um, this year we are going to start running into that wall of um, MJF is taking out everyone. Yeah. You know how do we book him now? You know. Um, he has no faction. You know, it's kind of hard to stick him in a in a tag program or a non-title program, something like that. But that's something I hope they're thinking about down the road because sooner or later he's gonna go through all of the top tier guys um, through this year. So, hope they have plans. That's all I'm wondering about. I know a lot of people were mentioning Kenny Omega and MJF. Nobody knows what Kenny Omega's contract status is going to be. And unless he honestly is really leaving the company, I could see Tony Khan maybe doing that towards the end of the year for Kenny Omega to put over MJF. But I don't think Tony Khan's going to reward Kenny Omega with a, a title match in a contract year. It doesn't really make much sense to me. So, you know, I think we could do a lot better with Kenny Omega. If he does sign a new contract, maybe we visit that sometime next year. You know, maybe Adam Cole's the one that takes it from MJF next year. And then we get Adam Cole and Kenny Omega for the world championship and that being a major program going into next year. There's a lot of things that need to be worked out there, but the basis of everything is MJF is not losing this year. So you guys can really just, you know, wrap your, wrap your head around that when it's not going to happen. So don't, uh, don't uh, concern yourself with, Oh, who's next for MJ? Nobody, <laughs> nobody's not losing. So don't yeah. worry about it. Um, the other big thing, Jesse, speaking of Kenny Omega, and we've talked about this for months and, we speculated uh, about this match happening for months. And, you know, we did the same thing with the House of Black and the Elite. We talked about the Blackpool Combat Club in the same vein as House of Black against the Elite. The biggest trios match that could possibly be done in AEW was certainly teased tonight with the Blackpool Combat Club and the Elites. But Adam Page backed up by Kenny, Matt, and Nick Jackson with the Blackpool Combat Club standing down and walking out of the ring tonight. Are we looking at this becoming a major trios feud, Jesse, or what we both kind of insinuated tonight uh, before we came on the air? Is this going to, uh, going to be the blood and guts match going into AEW's summer months? And all four or five of these guys, maybe, I don't know if we're going to get uh, all four of them, rather, with Brian being added. It'll be Paige, Kenny, and the Bucks versus Brian, Moxley, Yuta, and Claudio in Blood and Guts, man. What do, you, what do you think about that? Because I know we were talking about the ladies possibly taking their little locker room civil war and going into Blood and Guts, but there's no heat behind that. And I think the majority of the audience would probably get behind a Blood and Guts match with the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club instead of the ladies. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that direction at the end no, of Dynamite tonight? No heat. Bro, they're the outcasts. Don't you see the spray paint? Yeah. You're right. There's no fucking heat. No. Okay. Right. I was about. I'm trying. I'm trying to look at what the, the the substance there was. I don't know if it was a sure if it was Lysol or a bottle of water. There. What is that? Ah, oh, bottle of water. A bottle of water, man. Okay. You know, I seen Squirt in Stop and Shop, bro. Yeah, I saw, I saw I saw Squirt. I saw Squirt at my local stop and shop. I texted it to Jesse. I'm like, look at this fucking guy. They got Squirt here. They did not just get it there either. It's been I, there. I, I, asked, I, I, I asked the gentleman that was stocking the shelves, bro, when did you get this Squirt? He said, we got it last week. 
Oh, boy, she get that. <laughs> <laughs> shit's been there. But look, I'm not like laughing at you for not knowing. You don't drink pop, so I understand it. Yes. But what I'm telling you is grab a bottle of that shit, and next time you're having drinks and you're looking for a different little mixer, use it, man. You'll be surprised. Will be surprised. I'll keep. Uh, I'll keep it in the back of my mind for my mother's basement. Um, this is uh, certainly shaping up to be a, a colossal feud, bro. Blood and guts, or just a regular trios match here. But and you know, I, so, I, I'm I'm interested in either situation. But you know, like I said, the ladies have no heat. So I, I mean, I think the men are going to end up making more sense and a better story in the end. So we got a. We do have something interesting going on right now with the elite, with them putting Hangman. In the middle with the bucks behind him. What does this mean? Does, does that mean that Hangman is going to replace Kenny and Kenny's going to go on to singles endeavors soon? Who knows? Possibly. Let's not forget, Don Callis has been courting Kanosuke Takeshita. Mm-hmm. I mean, for weeks now. So they're getting ready to bring him into Don Callis's fold in some form, shape, or another. Does that mean a heel turn for Kanosuke? I don't know. You know, is he going to team with Kenny? Is, is Don planning on putting Kenny with Takeshita as a tag team? I, I don't know. So it's a lot of interesting moving parts with the elite right now, especially with um, Don Callis and, and, and now with Hangman and that everything else going on right there. And we still can't forget Adam Cole and how he left the elite as well. Yep. So a lot of moving parts right there. But yeah, the women don't they, they don't they don't have anything going on. Even with tonight's debut, I don't see enough from them to put them anywhere near a blood and guts match, though. No, and, and the sad thing is we were we were talking about it because of the uh, of the the great possibility and hope that this storyline brought the women's division, but it honestly hasn't gone anywhere. And now now we're at a point because Soraya and Tony Storm and Ruby Ruby Soho were on the microphone tonight, and now we're at a point, bro, where they're including the likes of Riho and Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue in this feud. And it's like, you, I, I, you're going to put these ladies in blood and guts? I mean, what type of heat is that going to generate? I mean, they, ca- they called up Dark. Yeah, they, they, they basically, they basically uh, AEW darked this entire feud. The whole feud. I, I mean, it's not, it's not something that we, we envisioned. You know, we had a completely different uh, outlook on this entire thing. But no. it doesn't and really fit. It doesn't really fit that narrative most, anymore. The one who's suffering from this the most is Jamie Hader. Yeah, her 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 title run is getting swallowed up by this feud. Yes, and that should not be the case. Yes, her title run is now on pause because we yeah. have to do a fucking faction warfare here. That should not be the case. She should still have an agenda and a schedule. Title defenses. She she should still have things going on. As they proceed with this particular women's story. So I don't understand that she should have a number one contender. She should be worried about defending her title as she partners with her friend Britt and everything else. She's a champion. She should be pulling double duty. She has a title to defend. What's going on here? I don't know. We uh we could theoretically see Tony Khan put her and mix her into this situation here with the outcasts. And then uh Forbidden Door comes around on June 25th, and then he rewards Jamie Hayter with a match with Mercedes. Who knows? You know? And at that point, I mean, it's a, it's open to interpretation. We, you know, we yeah. don't even know if Jamie Hayter is going to be the champion. 
You know, Mercedes could lose the IWGP Women's Championship by that time. It's not going to be like AEW's going to book themselves into a corner there with two champions. Yeah, um, they can't do that. Yeah, they can't do that with that. Forget about it. Um, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, during the show because there was uh, news on that being announced tonight. But uh, but I agree, man. The, the Jamie Hayter run started off so good. She's still over. Don't get me wrong, but... Now, now we have to push it aside to to get Willow and Sky Blue involved, and it's like, the fuck are we doing here? She's already falling through that vortex that we just talked about, where the run up is, is great, but then you become champion and you start to dwindle. It's the AEW babyface effect, bro. They don't know how yeah. to book babyfaces. I don't, I don't know what it is, but she is starting to lose her moment. She used to pop the crowd when she comes out. She's doing it a little bit less and less. They're not focusing on her challenger and her title defenses. It's starting to happen with Jamie Hayter. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Guys, we're going to get into a lot more of this discussion as we move on along here on the show. want to make sure the chat is looking good. I want to make sure you guys are comfortable. We got 1,900 people in here and still counting. Thank you guys for joining us on your Wednesday nights. Make sure you hit that thumbs up if you want to show the best support possible. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum tonight on OTS. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show so you guys can ask which, uh, whichever question you want, whatever is on your mind. Jesse and I will have fun with that a little bit later. And make sure you guys hit that join button, man. Very important you guys do that as well because... Uh, we have a brand new, uh, basically, backdrop coming. We got the Mother's Basement design coming pretty soon. And uh, you guys are going to need to be a member to join on that opening night, man. And I think I made a determination on when that's happening. It looks like we may be doing it for the Raw after WrestleMania. So uh, I haven't really decided yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards that. Uh, I'd like to do it on WrestleMania night, but I don't, wanna, I don't really want to make the WrestleMania chat members only. Uh, that's, uh, that's almost going to be 7,000 people are going to be silenced. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But Jesse, yeah. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse seen the mother's basement design and, uh, he, he said, what, 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 what was that, Jesse? It, 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 it looks insane. Dude. I've never seen a backdrop like that before. Um, it looks very detailed. It looks very, very, very particular. You got to see it. I mean, if, if you're, if you're a stickler for uh, the details, this is the layout. I mean, it is it is so it's so pristine. It is so fucking clean, man. Very simple, very clean, and we're going to be doing that WrestleMania weekend. So make sure you guys hit that join button and become a channel member right here on OTS. And please make sure you follow us on social media. I'm JD from NY206 on Twitter, and Jesse is at Shytown Smart. Make sure you guys go and do that as well if you want to keep up to date on what is going on with OTS and whatever Jesse's got going on on his channel. Uh, first of all, before we get into anything, I want to thank everybody for uh, your uh, thoughts and prayers, uh, especially this afternoon and bleeding into tonight as well in the chat. Uh, my grandmother was admitted to the hospital tonight. Uh, not sure what is going on. I'm kind of left in the dark at the moment right now. I got a phone call this afternoon from my cousin Kimberly uh, crying about my grandma. Uh, really? We don't know. We we don't know what's going on. Uh, all all the information I got was she didn't sound good, so I don't know what that is or what that means. So I'm gonna go visit her tomorrow morning. Uh, she's in uh, the Bronx, 
And uh, she's 94 years old, and she just got over COVID. So I don't know what's going on with that. So uh, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on what's going on. I'm, I'm hoping for the best here. Uh, and I need to go see her tomorrow because, uh, you know, uh, between you and me, uh, I did not get a chance to say goodbye to my grandpa. So I don't want, uh, God forbid, I don't want that to happen uh, with I'm my sorry, grandma. Bro, that sucks, and, uh, it's all right, man. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. Thank you guys very much for all the love. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter if I'm going to be taking some time away and, you know, the whole rigmarole that comes out uh, with that situation. But I thank you guys very much. Moving on, man. Uh, we got... The open of the show, and that's MJF's rebar mitzvah ceremony. He comes out, and he is absolutely fucking just feeling the moment here. He's got this, this I don't know, I wouldn't call it beautiful. I mean, it was very, very flashy. He's got this gold outfit on with black print. He walks out with two pairs of women on each side. He gets to ringside. He has three of the women kiss him on the cheek, and then the fourth woman, bro, he makes out with her for a few seconds there. And I, I must say, he saved the hottest for last. The poor guy is dealing with his breakup. <laughs> very, very harshly, man. He seems so heartbroken, man. Well, I'm sure he is, but I'm just joking around. But, you know, uh, he saved the best for last there with, uh, with that last one. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's distraught. He he does not know how to live his life anymore, man. I mean, what is he going to do, man? I mean, MJF could probably snag any woman he wants. It, that or Max Caster. But anyway. <laughs> Don't let him hear you say that, bro. Max Caster, well, he's, he's going to get him, man. Max, Max, is a, man. Max, Max C is very, very persistent, man. I, I got to give him credit. Going to get his guy, man. He's going to get his eventually, guy. Eventually, eventually. So MJF gets into the ring, and he is already, being in Canada, he, he knows how to rile up an audience. He gave the fans a hard time for thinking that Bret Hart was exciting. You, you guys are the type of people that think Bret Hart was exciting. I was always a Shawn Michaels guy. He was so much better, he says. I mean, can you, I mean that, that's the type of thing that you got to say in front of this Canadian audience. So, you know, it, it, it was said. So he said, they're all there to celebrate the most important day in recorded human history, my birthday, he says. He said, in his religion, the only religion that matters, by the way, Judaism, when a boy turns into a man, he hits 13 and gets a bar mitzvah. He said that, that he tapped out Brian Danielson to become the undisputed best professional wrestler in the world and retain the most important title in all of professional wrestling, 
Now he is no longer merely a man. I am the Iron Man. So MJF said to hit his music, and we got a bunch of Jewish folk coming out there with a chair, and they did the traditional chair dance in the ring as they lifted him up on the chair, and they were kind of bouncing it up and down in the ring and celebrating with MJF. Bro, I've never been to a bar mitzvah, man. Have you been to a bar mitzvah before? Cannot say that I have, man. No. No. Okay. Have Neither have I. So all, I all of this was kind I of new to me. Being man. much like a King Sierra or something like that. Oh, yeah, this is all new to me, man. This was the first time I was seeing these festivities happen. No idea what was going on, but th- apparently this is what happens at a bar mitzvah. Um, so he's in the ring, and all of a sudden, Jungle Boy Jack Perry comes out. And all these guys that were in there with MJF kind of flood the ring. Jungle Boy comes out. Sammy Guevara comes out. Darby Allen comes out. Before anybody said anything, all three of these guys in the ring, and they were all in the ring together, and they were all standing in a corner. Darby obviously got a huge reaction coming out because this is the first time we've seen Darby since losing the TNT title to Samoa Joe. So MJF yelled that they were ruining his rebar mitzvah. He asked what they wanted. And they all said in unison that they want an AEW world title match. MJF said, yeah, that's really cute. And Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy was the first to, to speak here. He, he told Max to shut up. So Jungle Boy said the last time they wrestled, it was at Double or Nothing in 2020. Great match. I remember it very well. The first pandemic pay-per-view with no fans in the crowd. He said they went back and forth for nearly 20 minutes in the Florida heat until MJF of course, cheated to win like he always does. And MJF was like, yeah, so what? Big deal. <laughs> he said their lives went in very different directions thereafter. He said MJF got whatever he wanted while he spent the rest of the pandemic wrestling on AEW Dark. He said MJF might not have wrestled on Dark, Rampage, or Elevation, but all of us have. Now, I don't know how you look at that, bro. Some people might think that's a big deal, but MJF not wrestling on those shows, and Jungle Boy kind of really bringing attention to that doesn't really make those shows seem all that important if your world champion doesn't bother to show up on those shows even before he won the world championship. Never bothered to show up on those shows. Man, what does it say about those three shows? Uh, I didn't think of it that way. Um, I've, 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 you know, thought about MJF as being like the, the final boss, the, the much like the Roman Reigns of the company. Roman doesn't show up to every fucking show. Roman Roman wrestles like once in the blue moon. I guess. Kind of the same thing. I, 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 I guess. I mean, yeah, Kenny Omega's wrestled dark and Brian's wrestled. I mean, even Cody wrestled on dark. Everyone has wrestled dark, but MJF. Yeah. He's too good I'm for pretty it. sure everyone. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame roster. I think everyone on the whole roster has. Everyone. Except, I mean, except Punk. I mean, I mean, do you blame him? I don't blame him. Well, I mean, I don't know about blaming them. But I just think it's a, I mean, it's a pretty cool deal when they do. I mean, it, it kind of, it, it, it helps out the other guys. It helps out the lower part of the car. When you, when extra people want to tune in because a big name is on it, then they get more eyes on them. True. So, I mean, I, I don't think it hurts that they had to. They can make a story out of it. You know, MJ can complain that TK is making him work a dark show because he threw water on the kids or whatever. I mean, just whatever. I mean, it, Every little bit helps a show that's dying inside. Oh, I'd absolutely book MJF on a rampage. I mean, now yeah. now they open the door for that to happen. Punish him. It is, yeah, make a punishment out of it. You know, yeah, I got in trouble for doing this, so now I have to, you know, wrestle on ramp. Now I got to show up to this city. But at the end of the day, 
it's in his deal. The guy has a certain number of dates. I mean, you know, it's, use them wisely. At least it's not a Bray Wyatt type deal where he wrestles once every seven months. Yeah, I, you know what? I think I think it's a huge shout out to MJF where he's now put himself in a position where he limits his bumps and dates, and he's only 26 years old. Yes. 27. You can look at it from the uh, owner's point of view as well. I mean, out of everybody on this roster, who who is who is your crown jewel? Who can't obviously, you obvi- live with obviously uh, yeah, who can't you live without? Uh, obviously, yeah. that answer would more than likely be MJF. And MJF. you're looking at MJF as that guy. Do you want him in there fucking 50, 50 weeks out of 52 weeks that you got live television? No. I, I mean, if he want if he wants twenty fucking twenty weeks, twenty five weeks or so to wrestle out of the year, including pay per view, you're gonna give it to him. Why and risk injury? Look at it this way, look at the quality of a match that he yes. gives us when he does work. Yes, he, he needs weeks off to recover from the shit he gave us at the pay per view. Yes, I mean, look at it. He worked his ass off for over an hour. Now he takes six weeks off from wrestling again. Good. Recover, yep. get well. You think that knee was an entire shoot? His knee probably fucking hurts. Well, everything probably hurts. He's got a fucking black eye. He's got he's, he's got a blood eyes. a blood fucking something popped in he's his got eye. A busted vessel. Yeah. He's got I mean the dude needs to recover. So if he's gonna not wrestle every week, but then show up and then give us the gift of him running down people in the ring, and not only that, MJF is pretty good at not only running down others, but he takes his verbal bumps as well. Man, he he he. He's he's allowed to be vulnerable on the microphone, as opposed to someone like Roman Reigns. You're not allowed to get over on Roman Reigns on the microphone. Oh no basically. way, no you way. You just can't. You're not allowed to. That's why Cody. You know, that's why Cody. Can, that's why Cody looks less than going into WrestleMania. They're yeah. not on equal playing fields. No, no, they are not. And they will never. They will never be on equal playing. <laughs> they fields. are not. MJF will go out there and take some verbal bumps, which which I like that because that's that's very underappreciated and. Um, Which a good example he, about that is the Ricky Starks view because Ricky Starks cut him down. Yeah, he did, and and he puts himself out there to be you know his fiance, his appearance on you know that the uh, the, the 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 talk show when he was a kid you know Rosie O'Donnell. He puts himself out there to yeah. be made fun of because it's entertaining. Yeah. You know it is fucking funny. Nobody wants to see MJF run people down all the time and never take it back. So he's giving us these great two ways, these great promos and segments on TV, and he's not wrestling. I'm okay with that. He just can't sit at home. He has to show up to TV. That's the part of that I that, that I want to stress. But do I need to see him wrestle? I don't want to see him wrestle that much. No, no, me neither. He's great at it. The 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 less I see, the the more I want to see it. Everybody thinks it's like, oh, he's boring and he's the same shit all the time. It's like, all right, when you find somebody, when you find somebody that valuable on the microphone where he doesn't have to wrestle every fucking week and he gets the privilege to do so and, and still bring in immense value to the show just via a fucking microphone. I mean, when you find somebody that can do that and can replace MJF, then then maybe yeah. you got a discussion. You can't do that right now, so. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's awesome. It we is don't what it have- is. When you don't have MJF in a city, say he takes a week off and he doesn't go to that city, and then you put a graphic up next week live on Dynamite, MJF is will be here to address this. That that's a that's a that's a point to promote. That's yeah. oh shit, MJF's gonna be here next week. Yeah. Oh, and he got something to say about these pillar situation. 
Let's see what he's gonna say. That that's some that's something to sell right there. He doesn't have to wrestle. Nope. So Jungle Boy's in there, and, and he said, you just get to walk around here and do whatever the hell you want. There's a whole locker room full of men and women who bust their asses and maybe get 60 seconds a week on this show while having to sit back and watch you do this hokey bullshit that you've been doing for the past four years. So the crowd in uh, Winnipeg started chanting hokey bullshit at MJF, and then Shivani said, wow, the truth hurts, doesn't it? Jungle Boy says this place revolves around you, said the solution to that is taking the world title off of you. MJF said it does because unlike them, he's a star. Guevara then chimes in and said, Max, you better shut up before I turn this rebar mitzvah into a re-circumcision. Excuse me. <clears throat> Guevara said he talks too much. He said he talked his way in the door and lied and cheated and kissed ass to get in the door. He said to get to AEW, he had to grind on the indie scene for 10 years while working at fast food places. He said he worked at Subway, amongst others. He said when he finally got there, he was told he was only supposed to be the inner circle's job guy or the bump guy for Jericho. He said he overcame all those obstacles to become a three-time champion. He says he's never had the machine pushing him and he never needed it. He said he had himself and he'll win this title by himself. He said whether MJF likes it or not, or whether the dumbass Canadians like it or not, you know, Sammy had to heal it up because he was sounding a little too babyface there. He'll be a world champion someday, and you know it, he looks at MJF. MJF said, yeah, that's really really cute, stealing my catchphrase. Said it was nice of Gar to take a break from getting into locker room brawls with everybody in the back. Ooh. So we're seeing a little truth here uh, come out. Darby interrupted. He was sitting in the corner. He asked fans to hold their applause until he was done. He said in 2013 he was going to film school and he turned in a movie that was supposed to be a project he was working on. His teacher told him that he'd get to change everything about it or he had to change everything about it because the school didn't accept that type of movie. He said he told her he'd rather drop out of school than change his image or style. He said that was a blessing in disguise because it gave him the balls to become a pro wrestler. He said it was the first day at the Buddy Wayne Academy when he was told he'd either make it or not being Darby Allen, but he wouldn't change a thing, so don't ask me to. He said he approached Tony Khan and said, there will never be a bidding war for someone like Darby Allen because AEW lets him be him. I, I, I looked at that uh, on the TV tonight, bro. I listened to Darby say that. If he's a free agent, of course there'd be a bidding war for Darby Allen. You kidding me? Triple H yeah. would be all over that. The... Uh- the messed up part is, I mean, I think they kind of pointed out why MJF is never going to WWE. He, this version of MJF that makes MJF so MJF and the reason why everybody hates and or loves MJF is because of this MJF. If he goes to WWE, bro, we will no longer have this MJF. You cannot have this MJF. It will be a watered-down MJF. You know, and the fucked-up thing is, bro, you mentioned that. Booker T said that MJF would find more success in WWE now than in AEW. I don't believe that at all. That's No, he will not. Is, is, he, is he a WrestleMania main event guy? Absolutely. We've, we've, we've fucking known that, uh, it's, especially after the fucking match he had with Brian. Absolutely is a WrestleMania main event guy. But is he going to find success with what he delivers on a weekly basis? Absolutely fuck no. 
No. No. You, you cannot, man. And, and MJF, I'm sure MJF. Go for it. I, I'm sure MJF knows that, bro. I, I mean, yes. I mean, there'd have to be so there. There would have to be some bending of the rules there by WWE to to allow him on their television the way we see him now. You, you just can't. What, what's what's he gonna do? Go to Saudi Arabia and make fun of the tradition? No. You. I mean, we we. <laughs> They have way too many high-end sponsors to tolerate the stuff that MJF gets away with and that Tony Khan goes to bat for him for. You won't get that in WWE, bro. No. Publicly traded company may not be a publicly traded company when it's sold versus a company that is an outlaw company that does whatever the fuck they want. MJF is able to do whatever the fuck he wants. Obviously, there is limits and boundaries, but you're not going to get what you get here. So I don't know where Booker T was coming with that. I think that's a ridiculous statement to even make. And that's the statement of a shill, honestly. You know, putting down the other company because, oh, oh we over here do it better. No, you don't. Because <laughs> you wouldn't do MJF better. I'll tell you that right now. You, can, you, you cannot. I mean, we all know this company in and out. We've dealt with their book. You can't do it. You can't do it, dude. It would be a, such a watered-down version to be ridiculous. Man. And Darby Allen would never be able to be Darby Allen, so I believe him when he says that he wouldn't even entertain the fucking thought of taking more money to go anywhere else because AEW is his. Now, yeah. Can you imagine Darby Allen on Monday Night Raw, bro? No. Holy <laughs> no. shit. You talk about a watered-down version. I mean, they may save his fucking career and, and maybe uh, add some years on top of his career, but that's not what he wants. No. If he wants to kill himself, Tony Khan's going to allow him to go out there and do what he wants to do. The scary part is, is there's this probably stuff that MJF wants to do now and can't get away with it in AEW. Yeah. There's probably more shit that he wants to do and he can't get away with it. Now, imagine going to WWE. Dude, there's going to be way less, way watered down. Not the same. If we were just, if you, if you gave us MJF in WWE, and that's the only version of MJF that we've ever known, that it may work. Yeah. It may work. But seeing seeing his work here in AEW and then putting them over there, we're going to look at this shit and be like, no, this is not, no, this does not work. No. <laughs> no. So Darby says, the biggest problem he has with AEW is that there are grown men in the back going at it on Twitter. And he used this high-pitched voice as he mocked wrestlers saying that they're unhappy and upset and want that out of their contracts. They don't get what they want. Said MJF did it too with his bidding war of 2024 bullshit. Said if MJF doesn't give him a title shot, he's going to complain about it on Twitter. He laughed and said, no, not really, but I'll beat your face with my skateboard and give you a headlock takeover. Because that was the whole premise of their match. I'm going to beat you with a headlock takeover when they wrestled a few years back, which was maybe one of the best opening matches to an AW pay-per-view ever between Darby and MJF. MJF yelled that he had enough. Darby said he looks like shit because he took off his sunglasses, two black eyes, a pop blood vessel in his eye. He called Darby dangerous darbs, the incel skateboard and mime regarding Sammy. And we've got Sammy in about seven months. I'll propose to another girl, Guevara. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's the line that got me. That was the best one of the entire bunch. Sammy nodded and smiled and brought up MJF's fiance. Yeah, didn't your fiance just dump you? <laughs> MJF said Jungle Boy had Christian, Sammy had Jericho, and Darby had Sting. He says he didn't enroll in an AEW daddy daycare, which is so true. Good. Well, ki- kind of true. He had he uh, he'd always he'd always had Wardlow, and you know he had the Pinnacle around him. He was with he was with Jericho as well. 
while the inner circle was still around. But, you know, he didn't really have an old-timer, you know, backing him up. So fans taunted MJF with a Wardlow chant. They're not dumb. He says he's not afraid to admit that they are the past, present, and future of AEW. The pillars even makes him sick sick to his stomach. I'm the only pillar who can actually keep this place up. He says he's defeated all of them. Said none of them can sniff his belt. He said they should leave his party because none of them were invited. He said then he's going to eat his cake because he deserves to. So he pie-faced Jungle Boy in the face. Perry hit him with a microphone in the back of the head. MJF then rolls to the apron. Guevara attacked Jungle Boy with a high knee. Darby brawl with Sammy. And then inadvertently, both of them bumped into MJF, knocking him off the apron. And outside on a table was his birthday cake. And he goes legitimately headfirst into the birthday cake. And he's got cake all over his suit, all over the Triple B, and all over his face. Bro, is there ever a cake that makes it out alive Never. during these segments, man? I saw that cake. I knew where it was going. Now, here's a question. <laughs> Would you ever see Roman take a spot like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Never in a thousand lifetimes. No. No, no. And that's that's the one thing. If, I, if I'm comparing top heel in the company versus top heel in the company, that's one um, That's one notch in the column I'll give MJF. He is willing to, to, to make himself um, look ridiculous to get his opponent over. Yeah, that he will do. There's a lot I liked about this, man. I love the... I always love and appreciate when they bring some insider fucking dirt sheet rumor and make it into a little uh, one-liner or build a promo off of it. I I like that type of shit. Plus, I love the fact, like I mentioned before, this is AEW's fourth year. This is their fourth double or nothing, and we're going into this potentially looking at a fatal four-way with the four pillars of AEW. These guys were on a fucking T-shirt. And now it's coming to fruition. It's going to be a reality, possibly, for the AW title. There's a lot to like about this. You know, some people might not like the insider shit. I, I don't mind it at all. Uh, MJF, like you said, you know, I love the fact that he's willing to do business. That Jesse just mentioned, go into a cake and, you know, look weak and show his fucking black eyes and his pop blood vessel and take some jabs from Sammy and take some jabs from Jungle Boy and Darby, you know. You know, like Jesse said, Roman Reigns would never take any of that shit from anything. I mean, he'd be right on the fucking attack as soon as Cody said something. He'd be right on the attack or whoever. Be right on the attack. MJF, you know, he is a great world champion. He's a great wrestler, but also is in there looking to do right by his opponent as well by doing these things, even though he is the crown jewel of the company. I I like that because it shows that he's there for the right reasons. Yeah, and that's and that's just and that's just creative. That's just WWE creatively booking Roman that way. Roman's a team fucking player. He'll do yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, the fuck yeah. he wanted to do. Yeah, you know, but that that's just that's just them protecting that gimmick. You know, maybe overprotecting it. But um, Roman Roman Roman's willing to play ball, man. But that's what they have him doing. That's what he's gonna do. Um, MJF is gonna is gonna bury you on the mic, but he is not impenetrable, man. And he's he, he's shown that multiple times. After all this rebar mitzvah stuff was over, we get right into the first match, which was John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta against Adam Hangman Page, Evil Uno, and a returning Stu Grayson to the Dark Order. Nice. I listen, man. If this match for these six guys was a contest 
battling over the trios championships, man. It would have been absolutely one of the best trios matches we've got so far for that title. This was not even a title match, man, and they wrestle. All six guys wrestle like it was a fucking trios championship title match, man. This was great. And, man, yeah. am I happy to see Stu Grayson back, bro. Stu Grayson was on fire tonight. I don't know if it was just the fact that he had all this energy being, you know, in his home country. You know, that crowd was very hot for Stu Grayson. They clearly uh, knew who he was and remembered who he was in, in correlation to Evil Uno and the Dark Order. He was all over the place, man. He he did shit in there that you typically don't see in the Dark Order. And, and I hope, man, I don't know if it's going to be one of those situations where Tony Khan brings him back, but... If my words reach Tony Khan's ears, bro, I'd love to see Stu Grayson back teaming with Evil Uno, man. They are so fucking good yes. and so underrated as a t- It is almost criminal that they it aren't is. as big as they are, man. They are legitimately, if you talk about tag teams, the tag team that I would love to see kind of, you know, get the ball rolling with tag team wrestling back in 2023 for AEW, man. Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stu, I mean, maybe, maybe... He was expendable when they let him go, but right about now, um, the Dark Order. I mean, the thing is, it's hard bringing in someone, say like Taya Valkyrie. It's hard bringing in someone, and then trying to find something to for them to do, and make it make sense and be seamless. And then just bring Stu back, and he he fine. He's done. You don't need to come up with much. He has a team. He has a crew. He has followers. He has fans. Bring him back. Put him back in a Dark Order. And book them in the trios division or the tag division. Do whatever the fuck you want with them, but you don't have to figure out too much. Stu has everything built in already. Bring them back. Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, is a necessity at this point. And he makes he makes the dark order. He rounds them out, makes them look even better. And, and Johnny Hungy's great. You know, Uno has been great. Uh, they've all been great, honestly. Uh, they're all great wrestlers, and they they they, they don't really have a a focus. In the tag team division, in the trios division, and this match, I mean, if you need something to go off of, they're in there against three of the best guys that this fucking company employs right here in the Blackpool Combat Club. Big reaction for these guys. It almost went, uh, I think this one went about 15 plus minutes. I mean, this was great. Um, Grayson, he was isolated during a commercial break. Moxie was in control, hitting a pile driver on Grayson, uh, a big pump knee took Moxley out. Grayson made the hot tag to Adam Page, who got the hot tag. He ran wild. First time he was in the match. Fall away slam on Yuta. Kip up and a dive on Claudio outside. Got the crowd going. Uno made a blind tag. Page hit a pop-up powerbomb on Yuta. Uno hit a senton Atomico. Moxley and Page went face-to-face, slugged it out as Moxley took the ref with Yuta clocking Page behind the referee's back with the ring bell Uno and Grayson realized that they were in trouble here. They charged into the brawl. Yuta chop-locked Uno's leg. Grayson was putting up a fight here, trying to swing the tide back in the Dark Order's favor, clearing the ring. He did a post-dive like you would see Montez Ford do over the fucking steel post to the outside on top of Castagnoli. Uno hit his paradigm, uh, hit a paradigm shift on Moxley. Uno and Grayson... Hit the double-team fatality on Moxley, which is their finishing move, but Yuta broke it up at the last second. Grayson got a pop-up, roll-up on Claudio. Uno was taken out by Yuta late in the match. Grayson suffered a pop-up uppercut by Claudio. 
Rear naked choke by Moxley to win it. Moxley transitioned into the Bulldog choke, and the Blackpool Combat Club beat down Uno until Alex Reynolds and John Silver came out to chase them off, and they got booed, bro. The Blackpool Combat Club continues to get booed here. They were kind of, I mean, the crowd was kind of split here, uh, not really too overly uh, hating on the Blackpool Combat Club, but when they did the post-match attack and then they retreated like cowards into the crowd, uh, they got some pretty loud boos, man. I'm liking the attitude adjustment here on the Blackpool Combat Club. I like the fact that they're going heel, and I guess if you're going to set up a program with the elite, you know, them being heel is probably the right direction to go. Yeah, and did we just, I mean, I'm starting to see why they went full heel for the Blackpool Combat Club. But when did we just kind of low-key turn the elite babyface? Because they were heels. I don't know. They were heels. I don't know. Were they, man? I think when when they changed their uh, their theme music to uh, Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas, I think the fans really kind of took to them. Was that yeah. was was that a face turn changing the thing? So I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. So. I mean, that's it the only thing like I can a think real of. Soft turn. That's the only thing I can think of. I, I mean, you may be thinking with the reaction that the, the House of Black got at Revolution. I mean, the crowd went fucking crazy when the Elite lost. I, I just think that had more of an appreciation for the House of Black. Nah, they well, okay. Well, we can agree they were heel. They but, were heel. Yeah. But we don't. But there's no definitive. After oh, the this suspension, the after the suspension, they came back. They made their return. They had that uh, that trio's seven seven game series deal with the uh, death triangle. Yeah, they were they were baby faced all through that. Oh, okay. I yeah, could have swore they were healed, bro. I don't know. Oh well, but yeah, I mean, we, so we see, so we see, we see why the the, the hard turn for the Blackpool Combat Club because they clearly want to have them be the heels in this dynamic with the, with the elite. Um, looks like Moxley and Claudio are trying hard, man. It's so hard for these guys to go full heel though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they're just so beloved. Yeah. But, um, but we'll see, they can do some more, you know, the dastardly shit and get, you know, get booed, but the people just love these guys, man. I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, I'm liking the direction of the Blackpool combat club. So we'll see what happens as they, Continue to dive a little bit deeper into this uh, this heel turn on AEW television. We move on from that great trios match to Jade Cargill, the current TBS champion who has had uh, one of the more unmemorable title runs of the modern era because there really isn't anything memorable about it. I don't remember a, a fucking thing about what she's done and who she's beaten in this in this title reign. A lot of people, Jesse, were speculating that it was going to be Taya Valkyrie making her debut to come out and challenge Jade Cargill for the TBS title. And there were a list of names that I believe Fightful put up there as far as Canadian women's wrestlers who it could be. One of those names was Nicole Matthews. Nobody really here is familiar with Nicole Matthews. I think Nicole Matthews actually did wrestle in the first ever May Young Classic, if I'm not mistaken. She was one of the 32 women that were in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, needless to say, this match lasted one minute. Jaded, that was it. One, two, three. So, after the match was over, Renee Young gets in the ring, or Renee Paquette, rather, sorry. Renee Paquette gets in the ring, and she asked Jade, what does she want to accomplish with this title run? Like, w- what do you want? What type of opponent do you want? So, Jade looks at Renee and says, aren't you Canadian? Backs her into the corner, kind of teases whoa. her a little bit. 
Whoa. Kisses her on the forehead. And all of a sudden, we get Taya Valkyrie showing up on AEW television. And she comes out. She dances onto the stage. And Excalibur says, we've heard rumors that she was a free agent. He said she might no longer be a free agent, but rather a future second TBS champion. As soon as this segment was over, Tony Khan announced on Twitter that she is All Elite. She is now officially with the company. She faced off with Jade in the ring. They exchanged some words. Layla Gray tried to hit Valkyrie, but Jade stopped her. Valkyrie then uh, stands there with Jade. They talk some shit. Jade backs out of the ring. Layla attacks Taya. Taya delivers the Jaded to uh, Miss Layla Gray, and that's the way the segment came to a close as we got Jade on the outside yelling and Taya yelling from in the ring, and we got these two ladies talking shit to each other on, on a possible TBS title run here for these two ladies uh, at some point. Uh, Jesse, I think Ty is great. I've called Ty's matches in House of Glory. I think she's uh, excellent at what she does. She's uh, an impact knockout uh, world title holder as well over there. Uh, one of the longest reigning impact knockout women's champions of all time. Uh, she was in WWE as Frankie Monet on NXT. She was fired when Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard demolished NXT. She was fired because she was Triple H's hire and because of ageism. I'm going to say it. I don't really care uh, if you guys want to listen to me or not. Taya was definitely fired because of ageism. She's 38, 39 years old. And in the WWE way of thinking, Jesse, you know, they feel like their uh, their ladies, when they reach that age, age kind of lose their sex appeal. So they're indisp- they're uh, dispensable at that point, right? So just get rid of them. You're 38, you can't really do much. We can't really do much with you. That's the way WWE thinks, and that's the sad fucking state of it. But she's a great professional wrestler. She's the wife of John Morrison. Happy to see her here. She has a lot of value to the women's division. But like you said, Jesse, and I, and I feel the same sentiments as you, is it a game changer for the division? No. Are they bringing her, are they bringing her in to win the TBS championship? I don't think so. They but what is she what is she gonna what what is what is she going to do for this women's division that we haven't seen done with this women's division? I don't know. I I kind of have the same feeling, the same exact feeling that I had when Tony Storm got here. And look at her. Same exact feeling with Soraya. I mean, it's it's they they bro, will be it fine could be, for what you need them for. It could be Tony time all day long, bro. They will be fine for what you need them for, but it, I mean, it doesn't look like any kind of a game-changing signing. It it just does not. I mean, what is she gonna do? Like realistically, what is what is she gonna do? All the ladies, all the ladies in this division now, bro, are locked up into this fucking store. What is she gonna do? Who's no she gonna idea. wrestle? And and that's the whole problem. I mean. It's not like you brought somebody back and was like, oh, man, you can use them right here. And oh, man, way. Taya versus Thunder Rosa, which would be yeah. a great match. Should, Thunder it, Rosa's it not there. Great. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, what are we doing here, man? Taya I versus mean, Athena. Athena's on Ring of Honor. What are you going to do? There's only two people that you can put into this ring right now that feel like they're going to make a difference in AEW. And that's Mercedes and Chris Statlander. Right you, now, you 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 put Chris Statlander in that discussion. Yes, for right now, for taking down Jay Cargill. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I, I agree with that. But uh, a- absolutely, and, and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, as far as Jade goes, just let her be. Let her have her, you know, 
her personal title. And I don't think anybody should be taking that from her unless it's a Mercedes. And I don't think that's going to happen. Or Chris Statlander. You know, on one hand, I want to look at this signing and think, all right, they're making strides to add and they're making strides to make the division better. But, uh, you know, just like just like every other signing, you know, what, what has happened with all of the, new coming, the, the newcomers, the, the, the new signees that Tony Khan brings in, they, they, they start off hot and then they kind of fizzle out. And he's doing the same thing with Ty, bro. He's bringing in Ty. She's making her debut on Rampage. And Rampage is being preempted to 11.30 on Friday. And you're putting her, this woman on in her debut match for AEW at 11.30 when no one's going to watch. Instead of taking her signing, treating it like a, a, a semi-big deal, and doing it next week on Dynamite against a reputable opponent where we can have a great women's match. And Tony could say, you know what? This is our women's division. This is who we brought in. Ty is going to be a great asset for the women's division. We got her on Rampage at 11.30, bro. Probably won't even go on until 12 o'clock. Who's going to see it? Who's going to care? On a side note, no Rampage watch along on my channel this week. I don't blame you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't blame you. Bl- on a normal week, if you said that, I won't blame you. But Didn't they, didn't they have this problem before and they put on Rampage before and it was great? Uh, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more uh, at 7 p.m. because, A, I get to watch it. I have yeah. a little bit more desire to watch it. I can eat dinner and watch it. Bleeds yeah. right into SmackDown. But, I, I mean, bro, what, what, I, guess, I guess this opens up a whole new line of discussion because I know I talked about it. It was the, big story, it was the main story on, on Sunday's show when I did 468. Collision. AW Collision, bro. They're adding a possible third show on Saturday night at 6.05 p.m. that will be... You know, debuting in the summer sometime. Who the fuck is going to watch a pro wrestling show in the middle of the summer on a Saturday night at 6.05 p.m., bro, at one hour? Uh, Well, people, uh, a lot of wrestling fans don't leave their mother's basement, bro. They'll be home to watch it. Well, I mean, true. (laughs) They will. True. But is it going to be an extension of Rampage? Why don't we just take, I mean, I don't understand what the problem is here, man. The, the, whole, the whole solution for Tony Khan is very simple. Why doesn't he attack with TNT uh, and, and TBS executives and say, hey, I need to fix Rampage. Let's get Rampage on on a great time slot, Thursday night, 8 p.m., live for two hours, and that's our, that's our SmackDown, right? That's, that, that would be the solid solution there. Instead, he's going to give us another one-hour show that is not going to factor into anything. It's going to be taped. I don't know why AEW is doing tape television in 2023. Everything needs to be live. Now you got three fucking shows. And what's going to, is it going to have any storyline developments that bleed into Dynamite? I mean, Rampage is missable on most weeks, bro. I don't want that to be another show on Saturday night that I don't fucking feel a desire to watch. I 100% agree. Um, This may be a case where TK is, is just, is taking what, He's taking what he's being given. If he's being given this Friday night slot for Rampage, um, just take it. And no, don't give it back and say, "Give me something else." Look, I'll fucking take it. Give it here. And then he gives them. They give them another slot. Well, here's here's a Saturday night slot for an hour. Would you like this? I'm not gonna say no because it's TV. So I'll take it. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a good spot to do live TV from. But if the network, your network, your home is giving you a time slot, maybe he's being being compelled to take it. Don't say no. Take it and fill it. You know? 
maybe he's trying to get another slot for a live television show, but he doesn't have it yet. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm guessing TK knows we want live wrestling. He knows. Does he? He has to know. <laughs> he knows. He knows. It's, it doesn't mean just because he knows, just give it to him. Live TV costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money, and you got to have the right slot. So I, I get it, you know. It is very difficult. It, it, is, live. it is very difficult to sit through tape shows, bro. I, I can't do it. I physically can't do it. We did it for years in NXT, bro. We can do it. Yes, but, but you can't compare NXT to anything else, man. NXT was one of a kind. This has to be and another it, one of a kind. Not if, if they I, want don't, the I don't work, know if they know how to do that. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, nothing's official yet, but... Uh, uh, a third show during the week. Uh, I mean, I barely, I barely get through the fucking shit we got now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, it's Juice Ju- Juice Robinson, rock hard, rock hard. Juice Rob. I still don't. It's like an unsolved mystery. What makes Juice call himself rock hard? You don't know. I don't know. I don't. Know. Either, I think bro. I do know. I can't say it out loud. No, no. Uh, you don't know. Then I don't know. Juice Robinson talking about his attack on Ricky Starks last week. He bragged about uh, DDT Starks' surgically repaired neck on the mat. He says he won't do diddly squat to Juice. Don't know where this is leading. Don't really care. Feels like Ricky Starks went from, oh, man, yeah, we're going to feature him on television in a prominent way. And he's taken like, uh, I-, I don't know, man. It's like... Um, What's a good what's a good uh, analogy here for Ricky Starks? It's like he goes from he goes from batting number two in the lineup, bro. Right? Oh yeah, man, we're gonna put him at the top. He's gonna be uh, uh, a run producer for us, and then he gets moved down to the fucking seven eight slot in the lineup. It's like what the fuck? Why? It's 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 really hard to go from a world title match and then be. And then be kept into relevancy. It's the baby face, the, the, the fucking baby face disease in AEW. I don't know what it is. Yeah, man. It's it's really hard. It doesn't mean that he, I mean, he should be relegated, you know, this far down. There's there's other things going on. There's so many titles in the fucking company. <laughs> I mean, it's just so many of them. I mean, right now, though, it looks like we should we should be theoretically heading towards a Starks and Hobbs feed. Yes, you would think so. So we'll see. But that seems to be the right spot for both guys. Um, it'd be a great feud. Uh, Hobbs needs to win it, obviously. But um, that had that feud has some legs to it. They can go a little. They can go for a few a uh, few different matches with that one. Speaking of Ricky Starks, he was backstage. He asked Juice what he's done in AEW. Nothing. He's done nothing. He's been rock hard. That's about it. Rock hard. Yeah. He said Bullet Club was relevant in 2015, but now it's 2023. He said if Juice has an issue with him, come on and bring it. He says he can bring Bullet Club with him. Is this still leading to Jay White's arrival in AEW? We won't know. Possibly. I think Jay White might be better suited for for a WWE run, but for all we know, Tony Khan's got him signed, sealed, and delivered, and we're just waiting until uh, double or nothing. Who knows? Or Forbidden Door. Or Forbidden Door, yeah. That's another thing. This Bullet Club Juice Robinson thing is heading into Forbidden Door now. Yes. Where it's going, I I have no clue. QTV. Ah. I know you were a fan of QTV, bro. QT Marshall, after uh, his obviously heated feud with Raj Geary (laughs) on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. 
He even quote tweeted me when I said something. I didn't even directly say anything about fucking QT. He's like, uh, he said, JD, don't even think about it. Oh, I said, the, the, the feud with QT and, and Raj is better than anything that's going to be happening on Rampage last week. He's like, don't even think about it, he says. I'm like, I, listen, man. I didn't say anything. I didn't say nothing about you, man. Um, QT, good. QTV, uh, I, 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 I got to admit, I, I got to admit, the, the one thing I don't like about this is I feel like it's not going to really be a good look for Will Hobbs as TNT champion. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Other than that, I, I thought everybody played their role right. Uh, I yeah. think it has uh, the entertainment value that you're looking for. It, it wasn't the most egregious and offensive thing that AEW's done before. Uh, yeah. Is is it going to get over? Are people going to enjoy it in the long run? That remains to be seen. But yep, remains to be seen. We'll you know, see. do people want QT Marshall on TV weekly? Uh, we say the same thing about Jeff Jarrett. We don't want him on TV weekly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, we want. Here's what we want. We want Will Hobbs on TV. If it and helps Will Hobbs get over as the yes. fucking savage that we know he is, then fine. Yes. This is this is important. Will Hobbs does need a mouthpiece, and QT Marshall. If he can't do anything else, he can he can operate a microphone. Yes. So it's just a matter of how serious they keep this. And I will say, for the first week or two, um, Marshall has been on his on his most serious behavior. You know, it's been less of the antics. He's been he's he's been he's been serious since dealing with Hobbs. None of the none of the joking bullshit and. So let's see. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just you know throw this out the window because this might work. It depends on how they how they roll with it. This might work. Now the thing with this whole TNT title thing being stolen and Wardlow making a video on it on Twitter. Apparently, this was all storyline. So kudos to AEW for 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 really making that feel like a legit. I mean, Wardlow had everybody thinking that he had the fucking TNT title stolen, legitimately. He had his clothes yeah. stolen. I mean, they played that fucking as as brilliantly as I've ever seen anything like that before. And then we come to find out in this QT uh, TV, so this QTV segment, Jesse, that uh, we had, uh, what's his name, Aaron Solo, break into the fucking car and steal the goddamn title. Maybe it was stolen and they kind of recreated it. I don't know. That's what, that's what I was getting ready to say. I don't maybe. know. Maybe it was stolen and they just did a recreation to make it into a storyline. But yeah. either way... Good. Right on AEW. If they turned something that was real into a into a, a storyline, or if it was all staged from the very beginning, I like it. I like that yeah. type of shit. That's good. Let's 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 see. Um, either way, either way, if it was an all the work and it's it's come it's come off as making sense. Yep. If it was legit stolen, they did a good job of of it coming off and making sense. Yeah. So it, they did a pretty good job with this one. What's next for Wardlow? They asked. And Aaron who? Solo said, yeah, wh who? <laughs> What's next for Wardlow? Aaron Solo says, whatever is next for Batista, just not as good. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Who knew, who knew Mr. Bailey or ex-Mr. Bailey was such a comedian? You know? Is he wrong, though? <laughs> Marshall revealed he has Wardlow's passport, so he ain't going anywhere. Hobbs <laughs> stood up and said, welcome to Will's world, bitch. <laughs> As long as Will Hobbs keeps that same energy, man. I don't want QTV to swallow his momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on. Hobbs is defending the TNT title on Rampage against Ray Phoenix. Open challenge. There you go. That was announced after this uh, segment was over. Hour two, Orange Cassidy. 
one-on-one with uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, if I uh, had the uh, the energy to get up, I'd strut in front of the camera for you guys and do the strut, you know. But uh, I, I won't uh, I won't bore Jesse with my uh, my love for Double J. J E Double F. Come on, Jesse, you know how to spell right? J E Double F J A Double R E Double T. Fuck off. Music City's favorite son, bro, Jeff Jarrett. Former 10-time world champion. No? Not Fuck doing off. it. Not, not, not doing it for you, huh? Okay. How about we talk about Orange Cassidy? Okay. How about we talk about Orange Cassidy, but All right, cool. Let's you know. Oh, All but right. Orange Cassidy can't wrestle, man. Who keeps saying that? I don't know, but he wrestled a fine match tonight. And you know what? He sold the knee like a pro. Damn good. Damn good. Now, I know you guys are probably anticipating us shitting on this match, or may- maybe me, you know, anticipating me shitting on this match. I don't know what Jesse thinks about it, but listen, it wasn't as bad as everybody kind of made it out to be on social media. I thought it was fine. The mat- the fundamental match itself was fine. But Jesse, my God, man, with Sanjay and Satnam out there and the best friends, I mean, what a fucking overbooked mess, bro. I mean, it's the same thing all the time. Jay Lethal's out there. Aubrey Edwards is out there. The guitar is out. I mean, holy shit. There were, there were uh, twists and turns in this thing up until the very end. And I thought Jeff Jarrett had the fucking title one. And then Jesse was going to throw a party. I was not going to fucking be here, man. Jesse said if Jeff coming. Jarrett won the title, he would not be on the live stream tonight. You think I was... You think I was bullshit. I thought That's I thought you were fibbing, bro. <laughs> that was that was not fucking so. T- I never once. I, I see everyone saying, "Oh, he looks good out there," bro. I never once said that he doesn't look good out there. I never once said that he can't wrestle anymore. I said that we do not need to be having Jeff Jarrett on our televisions in twenty twenty three. No, period. Well, not at this. Not at not at this extent, bro. Not this. I mean, it's much. almost it's almost weekly now. Why? And I will say, Jeff Jarrett, listen, Jeff Jarrett is a fine wrestler, okay? But he should not be on TV, and he should not be on TV over a Keith Lee and a Swerve Strickland. I'm sorry. You have two, you have two comparable fucking mega talents there, and they're not on TV, but Jeff Jarrett is. You have two precious hours of live television every week. Two, that's it. Jeff Jarrett does not need to be taking that time from anyone no. in that locker room. No. And that's not a snide remark to Jeff Jarrett and the work he does, but it, it's just the way fans feel like. I, I mean, there, there may have been one fan in the entire crowd that was pro-Jeff Jarrett, bro. I think there was a the big double J sign in the crowd. Yeah, there's always one. I mean, he may there's be the only one. one. I don't know. There's always one of something. So There's always one. You thought he was a plant. Yeah, the guy's a fucking plea. Jeff Jarrett. Who made a friend, Jeff dude? Jarrett sign and legitimately walk through the fucking arena doors with that? We we don't need it, man. When we when we had when we had Sting on TV and when we have Billy Gunn on TV, they're not in title matches in the main event segments and all this other bullshit, man. I mean, just they are there to help others get over. Who's Jeff Jarrett helping get over right now? Who? Who's helping? Who is Jeff Jarrett helping get over? Yeah. No, nobody. Himself. That's it. That's about it, man. That's it. 
it's not like you're it's not like you're in a company and you and you're in you're you're still in a, a startup phase and you're trying to get you just want to get stars on TV. You just need to get people on TV. So you start no you don't you don't need Jeff Jarrett. He's even holding lethal back. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, you don't know. You you don't need Lethal is out there trying to get Jeff Jarrett over, not vice versa. Yeah. He is a heat magnet, though, I will say. Yeah, because because oh. nobody wants him there, so it comes <laughs> off legit. Anyway. Go away, Heat, man. Change the Sing, channel, fucking Heat. Sing was on the outside with Cassidy. He tossed him in the ring like he was a fucking potato. Easy. As uh, Jarrett was on the attack, working on the leg. Cassidy saw the leg throughout the match. Jarrett faked a figure four leg lock and opted to put the sharpshooter on to get some heat in Canada. As Cassidy reversed it into a sharpshooter of his own, not very good looking. Dutt helped with the rope break as Jarrett slapped on a sleeper with Cassidy reversing again and sat in him, hung him up on the top rope with Dutt taking the referee's attention again. Jarrett this time applied the figure four, but Cassidy fought free with some punches to the face. So we got a slugfest between the two. Cassidy sent uh, or was sent into the referee for a bump. Dutt slid the guitar into the ring. Aubrey Edver- Edwards power walked down to the ring with purpose. And pulled, pulled the guitar away. Yeah, basically. Stone Cold uh, Aubrey Edwards here. Uh, pulled the guitar away as Cassidy got a schoolboy because Jarrett was about to nail Cassidy with the guitar. Aubrey took it away. Uh, this is uh, very similar to what happened last week. They got into it, did Aubrey and Jarrett. Sat in him, sing, then pulled the guitar away from Cassidy, who was about to use it on Double J. And Aubrey tossed Sing and Dot out of the arena. So we got a satellite DDT on Double J. That connected by Orange Cassidy as Cassidy kept up on one leg, which was very impressive. And for some reason, Aubrey just left after that. That was the only thing that she was needed for. She didn't even make sure the other ref was up and coherent yep. yet. No, nope. Bryce Remsburg <laughs> was uh, still holding his... Uh, he got bumped early in the match. He's still holding his fucking face. He's still Yeah, he's still it. selling the bump earlier. And uh, Jarrett distracted him. Where's Aubrey when you need her? Uh, Jay Lethal comes out and smashed Orange Cassidy in the back of the head with the Golden Globe. And I thought this was it. I thought Double J was going to win the international championship here, and Jesse was going to have to wear a fucking cowboy hat on next week's show. Cassidy kicked out. Tremperetta then all of a sudden hit the ring, fought off lethal. Jarrett almost hit his finish, the stroke, but Cassidy avoided the move and hit the orange punch for the win. You mean over, he over, hit the skull, over. The skull crushing finale. Yeah, the skull crush. Yes, I, I, I don't want to call it that because uh, the Miz, the way he does it, is awful. Does it the same way as Jarrett? Okay, I mean, who do you want on TV, bro? Miz or Jeff Jarrett? Pick your poison. No. That's, a, that's a very good question. That's no. a very good question, bro. Who no. would you want on TV, bro? The Miz or Double J? Put it like this. I would rather have Satin and Sing on TV. I'm going to have to go with Double J, bro. No. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. That's what this match was. Overbooked. International championship, man. I don't know. What is Orange Cassidy going to do with it? We'll see. I don't know. Do better. He claimed they had a music video about being the people's choice. And they were rapping, and I didn't write the lyrics down, but uh, I enjoy a good Max Caster rap. Uh, uh, he was talking about being fan-friendly. A fan-friendly act was the acclaim in reference to uh, Mitch McConnell's fall. 
I mean, that was based. I mean, what, what, what would you rate this on the scale of Max Caster raps? Three tacos. Three, three tacos. That's fine. That's right in the, there's no, there's no hard hitting punchlines. The beat was meh, but Max was okay with the lyrics. I give him three tacos. So we got that happening. Uh, I don't know what's next for them. It seems like they are another act that just fell from grace uh, out of nowhere. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what Tony Khan does with the, uh, the acclaimed. I'm so pissed. Though. We sat here and put over the fact that them losing those damn tag titles. Because it looked like they had a bigger story to tell with with the gun club and everything else, but instead, no, no, we're just back to no nothing. So now I'm pissed. Why would you take the titles off of the fucking acclaim? I don't know. Put them on the gun club so FDR could take them. So oh. that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Look, just wait. If that's what you want, you want FTR to have the tag titles, and you don't want FTR to take it from the acclaim. Okay. But just wait. FTR needs to wait until the acclaim gets a solid run. They have to wait. Listen, man, you, you, you're yelling at me like I booked the fucking show. You booked this shit. I didn't book anything. <sighs> I mean, if I booked it, I'd love to see the fucking paycheck from Tony Khan that has not come in the mail yet. I mean, I mean, I got the hoodie on, right? I mean, TK sent me the hoodie. Yeah, fuck it. Man, geez, it, it's fine. Everybody wants FTR to be champions. That's cool. That's cool. But... The Acclaim just won these. They haven't done shit with them. They have to wait to this summer at least. I don't know. Moving on with the ladies. Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm. They are now going by the name of the Outcasts. Southern Playalistic, man. Sounds like a uh, very generic name, bro. They, they came up with that at, uh, at the fucking local diner one morning right before the show. What should we call ourselves? Yeah, let's call ourselves the Outcasts. Maybe they got some funky music, man. I don't know. Well, they got new theme music. They got new theme music. So Ruby's in there. She said, once upon a time, the grass was greener here in AEW until a couple of bitches came along and pissed all over the grass. She asked Soraya what they do with bitches who aren't housebroken. Soraya says they show them that AEW is their house. She said everyone should be kissing the ground that they walk on because without them, there wouldn't be a division. She said they're lucky she is here in AEW. And then she called the fans neck, beard, stinky twats. If you really want to know what the what, what the uh, ladies think of us as fans, uh, this was a shoot and not a work. 100%. Then Tony Storm I- chimes in and says, listen up, fat people. There's another one. You know, that's exactly what they think of you. They think you're a fat, sweaty, stinky, neckbeard twat. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm 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 fit. I'm getting fit. Jesse may be a uh a neckbeard, I don't know. I'm 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 not fat. I'm not smelly. I guess I could be a neckbeard. I shower daily as well, right? Do you guys shower daily yeah. in the chat? Some of you may not. I don't know. Yeah. I've been to a couple of wrestling shows there where deodorant is non-existent. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Just walk into the NYC arena and deal with some of the fans that come to the show, man. I mean, now you know why I sit all the way in the back with Solomon's and do commentary away from everybody. I'll, I'll give, I'll give the ladies this. This, this was a much needed microphone segment for them. Yes, but um, did they, did they dive deep into what the whole reason for their existence is? Look, man. <laughs> One step at a time. 
Meanwhile, what do you mean one step at a time? You got them all out there at the same time with a microphone in their hand. They still don't get to why they're here. They just got a name. They just got a name. You can't expect them to do too much at one time. They got a name. Look, they they needed to be out in front of the people. I mean, they could have at least been a little fucking risque with the spelling of out. You know, spell it with a K. Outcasts with a K, you know. Oh, no. Then there will be a duo from Atlanta making hit fucking music, man. So oh, yeah, can't we can't. Yeah, we can't. We can't have Tony Khan <laughs> pretending he's GCW stealing IPs and all that. So we don't need yeah, that. Yeah, we can't, can't do that, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, th- th- there's no explanation here, bro. It don't matter. It doesn't matter what they name. I'll give the I'll give the name this much. It's better than Big Bill. See, I'm finding positives in this shit, man. We love it's, Big Bill, by the way. It's we love Big Bill. Yes. Worst name ever. <laughs> it's, I'll call him I'll call him William Morrissey. Perfect. Fantastic. You know, but this was a much needed segment with a microphone in front of the live crowds to garner themselves some actual real heat and not a pre-taped segment in the back or something shit like that. Listen, Tony Storm. You know, she has a legitimate gripe, and I'm glad that now they're making it into a complaint on her behalf. She said when she became the champion, the interim champion, not the real champion, I had to wear a smile on my face, but the fans didn't appreciate me. She said when I beat the current champion, or when the current champion beat her, rather, the fans loved it. When Jamie Hayter beat her, they loved it. She's got a a legit gripe there. That's an explanation. Why, Why did you turn on the fans? There you go. I like that. Very simple. Now, Soho... What's her reason? And what's Soraya's reason? Well, Soraya, uh, 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 Soho is mad because when she finally got an opportunity, you know, to, to do something, the fans booed her because it wasn't Chris Statlander. So that's, that's why she's mad. I mean, that's that's a legitimate gripe. I could deal with that. Now, what's Paige's problem? What's Paige, What's Soraya's problem? I don't know. Okay. I mean, and you you tally all this up. Is it enough to warrant... I got to spray paint everybody in anger. <laughs> we're going to pretend we're the NWO female version. <laughs> and we'll make it a little DX with the green spray paint. Yeah, it's... Man. Come on. Yeah, bro. I don't know who came up with that, but maybe we should uh, kind of raid in that creative control for the fucking performers, huh? Or maybe Tony Khan less. came up with it. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you really think about it, what do they have? I mean, if they didn't do this, what else do they have to try to get this, this, this group over? I don't know. That's the point. I don't think they really have anything. We did the whole sports entertainment shit. Yeah. You know, with Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. That, that would have been perfect for these ladies. Yeah, we're going to come in here and show you how it's really fucking done. Fuck this indie garbage, you know? This outsiders versus the originals, you know, in theory, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's already being pigeonheld as being another NWO type deal and a much lesser version of it at that. Yep. So I don't know what they should or should not be doing as far as the women in this case. The 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 gimmick started off with a little promise. It really did. It did. It really did. But it seems that they just they had nothing to make it better or make it interesting except some spray paint and some you know some excuses or reasons as to why they're healed. That's not enough. No. That's not enough, man. I mean, it's these women do not seem pissed enough. If they were really, if they were really, really, really pissed about their position in the company and how they're being treated, 
they will find something more impactful to do than get some green fucking spray paint and spray paint shit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What I mean, what is their reason here? And, and the reason that they gave is not enough to fucking want to overtake the entire division. Like, okay, yeah. you're angry. Now, give me a reason, a legitimate reason why you're angry. Tony's got a legitimate reason. Because, I, I mean, I would be angry at that, but Soraya has yet to give us a legitimate reason as to why she's angry. She came in here and they rolled the fucking red carpet out for her. She was the biggest name in the company on, on her first day. I, I mean, what is she angry about? They gave her a spot in the ring when her previous employer would not do that for her. What is she angry about? I don't know. She's There's got to be, be I, mean, I mean, you got all these minds and this is the best that they got. You know, yeah. the, the whole the whole way that they used to operate over there in the E, that should have been the basis of what they were here. Like, you guys suck. This indie style sucks. Fuck this shit. You don't know what you're doing. You're not ready for TV. You don't know what it is to be a big star. They come on in. They should want to fucking push these ladies to the wall. We're taking this shit now. We're going to show you how it's really done. That's what it should be about, really. We've yet yeah. to get there. I don't know if it's going to get there, but that's where it needs to go. As I'm, as I'm thinking about it now, Maybe this premise would be a lot more impactful, make more sense, and might have a little bit more life to it if these roles were reversed. The hometown women should be pissed off that these new women are coming in. They should be the heels not wanting to give the new women a chance in their company. This is our fucking territory. Fuck you. Who you think you are? You ain't nothing. You come from this bullshit company. Maybe that would make it... a a little bit more believable in that aspect if you had Britt Baker and everyone else going full heel while Paige, um, I keep calling her Paige, while Soraya, Tony Storm, and everyone else says, hey, look, we just want to come and contribute and compete and try to get that. No, bullshit, you're taking our spots. Get the fuck out of here. That dynamic seems like it would make more sense. You know, maybe that would be a little bit more impactful. The way it stands right now just doesn't feel like it makes any sense. Uh, no, the Bella Twins are not coming in. Uh, I mean, I think it was uh, Nikki Nikki Garcia now. Garcia Twins? I mean, Jesus fucking yeah, the Garcia Twins. I mean, holy shit. Who the fuck is... Who, who are the Garcia? They could be anybody. I, I, isn't Nikki, like, legit retired for her... I mean, she was, she was trying to make a comeback. Um, but no, the Bella Twins, I mean, they would not fit. They would maybe fit into the storyline if it was the way that I described it to you. But do I want to see the yeah. Bella Twins in AEW? No. I mean, it's they are everything that AEW doesn't want in their women's division. Why would you want that? Yeah. I don't even want them on WWE television. We're going to want them here. The, the, the only benefit I could see to bringing in the Garcia Twins, and I'm just trying to find something positive in it, they would bring a lot of mainstream attention with them. Yes. They would bring a lot of mainstream eyes to the AEW but- um, product and to the women's division, but they the main the that. mainstream attention, bro, would come from the Bella Twins, the well, Garcia yeah. the, Twins, the former Bella Twins are now in a. It would well, bring some followers. They have their it own. Would. Um, it would reality show fans and followers. It would. it would bring some attention to the show. It would. Um. Yeah. No, she said that that they're not going to AEW. Oh well. Okay. She Good. was backstage with uh, with Bree, obviously, because they wanted to. Uh, Support Brian. Support Brian. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Moxley's there. Moxley's you know, there. Yeah. Girl, Renee. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, uh, the outcasts uh, are, are, are there. Tony Storm says that nobody appreciated her uh, with her championship reign, and they cheered Jimmy Hayter. Uh, they listed some names of wrestlers that they defeated, and she said Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, uh, you know, uh, whatever about them. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker actually did charge out here and attack. Outcasts recovered and outnumbered them, though. Uh, Baker made a uh, big deal about taking off her belt and using it as a weapon. So I don't, I don't what, what was she wearing? You said she had something on specifically that Burt Baker was wearing? Some Toronto? Yeah, they both came out in their denim suits. Yeah, They're in Canada, so they had to sport their denim, man. There you go. The denim's back in, bro. There you go. Uh, so they brawled Sky Blue, Riho, and Willow Nightingale ran out for the save. Oh, joy, man. Yeah, you got the AEW Women's Locker Room out there and Willow Nightingale. Uh, Shivani talked about how the Outcast spray-painted them in previous matches, and that's why they were out there. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friends, says Excalibur. And, and Baker with Hater looked over Riho, uh, and we're pretty much looking at her like, bitch, are you for real? Do you belong here? Are you really helping us? Not really the uh, most excited, bro, to see uh, Riho and uh, these other ladies involved. Uh, no. Meanwhile, we had, uh, I guess we hyped ourselves up. Maybe we had uh, too much Mercedes on the mind. You know, Where's Sheeta? She's still know. in Japan? I don't, I don't know. I guess she's in uh, Japan. Pete Dunn is back. Pete Dunn is back. What are you talking about? Pete Dunn got his name back. Who said? Let's see, he's trending right now for it, man. Yeah, Triple H says he's going to change it by the year, end of the year. Oh, by the end of the year? Yeah. Not right now? No. What the fuck is he waiting for? The plan has always been for Pete Dunn to go back by his regular name and his NXT gimmick. Always by who? Triple H. So, Vince gets to book Omos and Lesnar, Bray Wyatt, and the women, and Triple H gets to give Pete Dunne his name back. Yeah. You better watch out, bro. That's, uh, I mean, people may look at you like uh, you uh, are a conspiracy theorist. Oh, Vince didn't book those other Matt. Yes, he did. Okay. Fuck out of here. Who made, you think Triple H made Lita and Trish Stratus fucking WrestleMania mainstays this season? When he wanted to push his own homegrown women for WrestleMania. Give me a fucking break. Who made lead of the, the, the women's tag team shit? Triple H? No. 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 Who booked Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? Certainly wasn't Triple H. Triple H? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at an, uh, another content creator for wrestling. I won't put them out there. And they they were complaining about some booking that was happening on on the last show, and they were like, "Oh man, you gotta you gotta do better than this, Triple H. Come on!" And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you seriously believe that Triple H would book some shit like that? Who, who, who's who's this? Who's this? This is the Wrestle Talk guys. I don't know. First of all, I don't even know why you're watching them. Number two, I mean, bro, they're so pro WWE. They'll never say, "Oh, Vince is back." They all dumbed down the reports and didn't make a big deal about it. Like, how would... Has anyone noticed that as soon as Vince left, the summer in WWE got way better. The fall was way better. And then when we started creeping into the winter, shit just started... The whole vibe of Monday Night Raw changed. It's not the same same show it was in the summertime. If you think that is the same show, man, I don't know what the fuck you guys are watching. Really. 
And Jesse, Jesse actually started watching full time again when Triple H took over. He's been watching the shows. He knows it's not the same fucking show. On what fucking planet do you see Triple H booking four one minute matches on Monday Night Raw? I mean, who's the last guy to do that? Was it Triple H? Yeah, no, this is garbage, man. Shit. SmackDown is the only watchable show in WWE, as usual. I don't know if Vince is maybe, maybe Vince is allergic to blue. I don't know. I don't know. This, this is trash, though. Man. Listen. Listen. Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Matt Menard. Matt Menard and Angela Parker interviewed or uh, promo backstage. They're feuding with uh, the acclaimed. Menard said Max Caster's video made his nipples hard. So good. Parker says they deserve a Tony Award. They said the, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn you know, put respect on Jericho Appreciation Society's name. Tune into Rampage this Friday. So we got uh, Menard and Parker are going to be on Rampage this Friday. So tune in to see uh, Daddy Magic's nipples on Friday. It's all worth it. Um, House of Black. Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black versus the Elite, Omega, Young Bucks, Jericho Appreciation Society, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Daniel Garcia. Trio's Triple Threat Championship match. This was uh, actually uh, very well laid out, bro. I was concerned about coming into this thing. This match was very well laid out. Yes, it was. For, for nine guys being in there. I mean, it got a little hectic towards the, the climax here, but most yeah. of this, bro, I would say they did a fantastic job of minimizing the chaos up until the ending of the match, and I thought all nine guys, you really, uh, the way that this match was laid out, excellent. Yes, yes, a, a a little bit, a little bit of excessive sleeping on the outside, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay because the match was not the clusterfuck that I anticipated it was gonna be. No, so uh, it was a very, very well, very well produced match. Whoever produced this match, so kudos. That was pretty good. Very good. Um, there was only one winner here. House of Black just won the titles. No way that they were losing them here. We'll take it up towards the end because I'm not going to sit here and go over a match with nine guys and all the different spots that, that, that they were doing in there. Canada was hot for Omega and Jericho. They got in there. Huge ovation for both of them. They had a nice little hockey fight in there. Um, Buddy Matthews was in there, was in there with, uh, with Kenny Omega, and, and Malachi was in there uh, with Kenny. So lots of good stuff there. They cut towards the end of this match with maybe five minutes left. They cut backstage, and we see the Blackpool Combat Club brawling with the Dark Order. Evil Uno apparently was uh, taken to a hospital, so they cut this this match with a picture-in-picture picture to show us this brawl happening in the back. I'm like, what the fuck does this have anything to do with anybody out here? We, yeah, we, we, like, came, we, we came to find out what happened there uh, at the end of the match. Omega got knees up on a lion salt by Jericho. Matt hit Garcia with a locomotion Northern Lights. Did the same thing to, to Guevara. Bucks tried for a Meltzer driver, but Jericho laid out Nick with a code breaker midair. Uh, shooting star pressed by Sammy, which looked absolutely fucking gorgeous on Matt. Uh, Brody King broke that up in the pinfall. King then squashed Garcia and Guevara with corner cannonball, cannonballs. Uh, I do not want to ever be on the receiving end of Brody King's corner cannonballs ever. No. He, uh, he absolutely destroyed Sammy Guevara with his. Uh, King tossed Guevara to Jericho. House of Black wanted the uh, hometown guy in Jericho, so they kind of mauled him three on one. He tried to fight them off. But no way. He was spiked with Dante's Inferno was Jericho. Omega broke up that pinfall. Jericho then got the baseball bat on Brody right in the face. Aubrey's attention was turned. 
Guevara wiped out the Elite with a shooting star onto the floor, which looked beautiful. King kicked out at two on the baseball shot bat, or the bat, the baseball bat shot, I should say. Jericho wound up, uh, wound up a Judas effect, ate a black mass by Malachi. Jericho fell into a Garcia tag. He was then planted with Dante's Inferno. It was uh, Mr. Garcia, and he takes the pinfall, one, two, three, and the House of Black retain. So post-match, Jake Hager hit the ring. He was beaten down by the House of Black. Blackpool Combat Club in the Dark Order brawl from the back out down the ramp and by ringside. Silver and Reynolds are out there. They're taken out. Hangman found himself in the ring all by himself against Moxley, Castagnoli, and Yuta when the Elite, who were standing around out there, all the other teams kind of bailed from ringside. The Elite was still out there. They jumped in from behind Page and backed him up. It was four on three. Page didn't realize this crowd was going crazy for it. And the BCC retreated. We'll get the final shot with Paige slowly turning back to see Omega and the Bucks. But we never saw his reaction. So that was the cliffhanger for tonight's show. Excellent stuff there. Great main event. And I'm very intrigued by the uh, possible reconciliation between Paige and the Elite now. So that's going to be the story going into next week. What are they going to do and how they're going to build this match with the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club? I think I think I think this is the head into blo- uh, blood and guts. If anything, if nothing yeah. else, yeah, I um, can see it. Well, that'll be that'll be. I mean, Brian, bro, poor poor Brian, gotta gotta sit out and recoup, and then be, be put into a blood and guts match. Yeah, they, but but uh, but that's why he like. I think you're right. He's not missing this shit. So yeah. he took his ass home, and he's gonna fucking heal from the the little injuries he's dealing with right now, and be ready for for blood and guts. Listen, man, as long as we get Brian and Kenny Omega back in the ring this year, I'd be I'd be fine with that. Yeah, and in you know to, to to the point at the start of the show, I said this crowd was a little bit milder than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, you know, remember when we had Brian in the ring with Omega in New York? Yes, and that square off and that and that crowd's reaction. Now Chilling. compare that to what we got tonight Chilling. in Canada with Jericho, you know, and Omega together in the ring. It just wasn't as you know. I mean, New York even put this crowd to shame tonight with that moment. That was an epic moment. That crowd knew it. This should have been their epic moment. You get two literal hometown boys right there, man. And they elevated. They got up, but it wasn't, it just wasn't as high as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, I could, uh, I I saw that tonight, but uh, it didn't take away from what I thought was a a very good show by AW standards tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, Very much looking forward to see where this develops. Very happy the House of Black retained the titles. Where they go with the trio championships, I don't know. It seemingly looks like we're moving on from House of Black and the Elite, which is a uh, very good thing. They may end up feuding with the JAS. We don't know. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, very good episode for Tony Khan and crew tonight. And back on track is AEW Dynamite after a couple of uh, slow, very midweeks for AEW television. But I want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast tonight. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a second, make sure you, you guys. Second, you finished the raid. Uh yes, last night. How'd you do? What'd you get? I got nothing. I got a. Uh, I got a sidearm. I got the sidearm. Yeah. Did you? Get, I got a shotgun with reconstruction. Did you get? Did you get a shotgun? No. I got Ooh. a. Uh, I got a linear fusion rifle too, with demolitionist and uh, frenzy. I think. Ugh. Yeah. The I don't know. With reconstruction is fucking OP, man. 
I got a. I, I've been using uh, the uh, commemoration from the Deepstone Crypt. Um, it's got reconstruction for uh, for a perk, a machine gun. My oh, favorite really? thing, all yeah, with the, with the void volatile rounds, bro. I've been using that all season. That's fucking. There great. you go. Yeah. Uh, yes, Destiny Talk. I'm going to hop on uh, in a little bit here, uh, but I want to thank you guys, man. If you want to help out the show, man, listen, if you can't super chat, I would love if you hit the thumbs up. If you enjoyed anything you saw or heard here tonight, if you were entertained by Jesse and I, please hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum on tonight's show. And please hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. My mother's basement in two weeks. It's going to be awesome. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. You guys can follow Jesse as well at Chi-Town Smart. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And I will be live tomorrow afternoon with your midweek update on everything pro wrestling on Off the Script. Steezy with a new membership. Steezy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for the membership. What the fuck are you drinking tonight? I'll see you in my mother's basement. Joseph Taylor with an $18 super chat. JD, Jesse, a dream match that you wish you got to see but never happened for me. AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. Okay. Or Shawn Michaels versus Dwayne. Yeah, I heard there's a reason why. Or Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I'm, I think more about of feuds rather than matches. I would love to see The Rock and MJF in a feud. You're really going fantasy there. Yeah, for real. Thank you, Joseph. Joseph with also $8 Super Chat. J.D. Jesse, your top three Stone Cold matches. My top three Stone Cold matches. There's only one that matters to me, and that's the Bret Hart match at WrestleMania 13. 13. 13. Um, Survivor Series 1996 with Bret Hart at Madison Square Gardens, number two. Um, and probably, I'm going to say Canadian Stampede. The Canadian Stampede five-on-five match. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, I liked Austin and um, Austin and Kane at uh, Royal Rumble 1998. And then um, Austin Rock at uh, 17. Yep. Can't leave that out. Yeah. Um, Justin Smith with a $5 Super Jack. Glad to see Stu and my prediction come true. Yes. Uh, hopefully, TK pulls his head out of his ass and keeps him around and rehires him when his Impact deal is up. I didn't know he was with Impact. Is he? That's a shame. Yeah, it is. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Nice to see the four pillars together. Backbone of AEW. Absolutely. They will be in the main event, it looks like, for double or nothing. Daniel you Easter. Know, I'm sorry, Jesse. Maybe, maybe we are the four pillars of the IWC. Oh, I am absolutely the fall. I, I am absolutely a pillar of the IWC. We got, we got you, me, Issa, Sala Monster. Pillars right there, bro. Are you, uh, are you uh, at that level where you can start calling yourself a pillar? I'm, I'm, I'm right up there, man. You're right it up goes there. Like, it goes like, like Meltzer, Sap, you, me, and then everybody else up under. That's how it goes. 
What about uh, Corny? Is he a pillar? He's got a big audience. Corny is the guy that should be tired so the pillars can come up, man. Well, maybe maybe we'll just keep it to uh, non-pro wrestler fan-related podcasts. Hey, what about man. Disco Inferno, man? I think he's a pillar. Oh, we need. We, everyone needs to know what Disco Inferno thinks. Math. You can't have you can't have any of that foundation being held up without Disco, bro. At, at all times. How am I not blocked by this guy yet? It's amazing. Uh, he doesn't block anybody. He lo- he loves to hate. <laughs> yeah. Well, how was I should be blocked by this guy? <laughs> I don't know. Daniel Easter Day with a 30 months in the venue. Thank you, Daniel. Prayers, JD, for you and your family. Thank you, Daniel. Much love, man. Golden Boy with a 17 months. 17 months, brother. But what's more important at this moment is to continue blessing the prayers for your grandmother and Rage. Yes, Rage, I got to say we love Rage and thoughts and prayers uh, more so for Rage and her mom. Going through a very difficult time right now. Yes. So please uh, keep Rage, Raging Girl Gamer, in your thoughts as well. Yes. Uh, Hoyt, Reynaldo with a 10 months. Hey, JD, fire show tonight. Which of the three pillows beats MJ for the belt, do you think? None of them. None of none of them is none of them are going to be the ones to take down anybody else. None of them. Much like Roman, I don't know who's going to take down anybody Full whites with a 499. The six is getting forbidden door. Just felt the need to flex my city on, y'all. Toronto, so, man. Toronto's gonna bring it. Such bullshit. Chicago is supposed to have we supposed to have all out and forbidden door. What the fuck? You guys get everything, man. You don't get anything. Stop hogging anything. up all the shows. Anything. AEW Mark with a 15 months in the venue. Thank you, man. LFGTK is back with good storytelling. You may not like it, but Garcia Twins will be with the outcasts for blood and guts. That's my take. Love you. No. Nikki Bella has neck fusion surgery, bro. She's not getting in a fucking war games cage. We already are are very hesitant about Paige getting in there or Soraya getting in there. (gasps) Nobody wants to see that. He put Soraya and Nikki Bella in that kind of fucking environment. TK is just asking for it, man. Matt, the PW fan with a $20 super chat. Praise to you and your family, JD. I hope your grandma pulls through. When my uncle passed away in 2021, OTS was a nice distraction while I was grieving, so I will forever be grateful towards you. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Matt. Uh, You guys are going to do the same thing when that day comes, man. I'm hoping uh, everything is okay when I get to the hospital tomorrow. Jeremy De Jesus or De Jesus. New membership. Thank you so much, Jeremy. That's just me fucking tired, man. Jeremy De Jesus. Tenario with a uh, $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Better WrestleMania opening. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, or Triple H, Brian Dings? Bret versus Owen. Nah. I think Triple H and Brian was a. Was a- Classic all time. They both were. They were were definitely an all time classic. Uh, Jeremy with a Canadian 220 in Super Chat. I'm at Dynamite Rampage. I hope you see the sign. I didn't see the sign tonight, bro. I saw Jeff Jarrett signs. I didn't see no OTS sign, bro. Where you sit? N with a 499. Is Jade incapable of wrestling more than four minutes? Yes. 54 wins and not a single one remembered. I feel like they'll have Taya lose quickly, too. 
Bro, Jade, not, Jade not, is... I'm sorry? I, I was, I was going to say, nothing about her, her reign is memorable at all. Yeah, no. Jade is very capable of going in the ring. Very... She's very capable of going longer than four or five minutes. Her, her matches are short because they are strategically produced to only highlight her strengths. The longer she's in a match, the more she looks vulnerable to looking bad in said match. Yeah. Especially with a more experienced wrestler. Philip Newton with a 999. What's up, Jay-Z? Jesse, just catching up on Dynamite right now. I'll watch the review later. Plus, I'm catching up with the New Japan Cup. And David Finley is the new member or the new leader of the Bullet Club. Who's David Finley? Fit Finley, son. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you, Philip. Enjoy your shows, man. Uh, Cake with the $2 Super Chat. Sky Blue and Willow on my TV is always good, in my opinion. Watch Dark. Uh, bro, we, uh, I have no problem with Sky Blue being on TV. Watch Dark. You'll see them all the time. MGM Ballin with a 499. We love you, JD. We're all here for you. I hope you grab all the powers through. My thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. OTS forever. Thank you, uh, MGM. I appreciate you, brother. Um, Script Keeper with the $2 Super Chat. This show is why WWE needs to take notes. Um, if Triple H is allowed to do what the fuck he wants with no outside interference, uh, I don't think WWE needs to take much notes on anything. PMAC with a $5 Super Chat. JD, prayer for your grandmother. Just laid my uncle to rest last week. I'm sorry to hear that, PMAC. Uh, hopefully, uh, good news is coming out of the visit tomorrow with my grandma. Scriptkeeper with a five. Hey, JD, I just wanted to let you know I'll be praying for your grandma. I hope she feels better. Thank you, Scriptkeeper. Zach Smith with a $14 super chat. MJF understands what it means to be a fundamental heel. A heel's job is to make your baby faces. He walks the line brilliantly. He knows how to get the heat while he's still making the baby faces look strong. Beautifully said, Zach. Beautifully said. Jerry Ramey with 21 months. JD, I think the elite went face when Kenny returned post-brawl suspension. First match back, he got a big pop. Yes, yeah, definitely the uh, the first time we saw them after suspension. Right. Billy Sizane with a ten dollars super chat. JD, prayers to you and your family. We in the OTS family are here to support you. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate you, man. Tenario the five. Have you heard of Monty Brown? Yes. Not a fan. Drizzy Drew with a 199. I know y'all seen the Shockmaster. Best episode ever. Yes, Orange Cassidy. Uh, I guess uh, Orange Cassidy high five the Shockmaster front row. You saw that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I tweeted about that. It was pretty shocking, man. I know. It's pretty shocking. You Canadians are fucking silly, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Dom Wapo with a 199. Vince books Raw, Triple H books SmackDown. It certainly looks like it. That actually may be the fucking case, bro. I would not be shocked. There is some kind of arrangement there. Yeah. Because you can tell that there is shit that Triple H booked, and there's a lot of shit that Vince booked. Yes. And if you don't see it, open your fucking eyes. Cake with a $2 super jet. Her business reunion stopped once Vince came back. Of course it did. Yeah. Because it happened on Raw, and Vince is booking Raw. That was that was a that was a priority. Priority for for Triple H. And Goodbye. Uh, Marie Johnson with a $5 super chat. 
when Britt and Soraya did their promos a few months ago, the crowd was cheering Britt, and when Soraya started to do her promo, she got booed. Gonna need more than that, Marie. Yeah, yeah. Gonna need more than a couple of boo birds in the crowd. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a five. JD Jesse, the WrestleMania match that disappointed you the most for me. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 20. Yeah, that was awful. That was awful. The worst WrestleMania match? Yeah. The one that disappointed you the most. Oh, disappointed me the most? Oh, we got to look at... Uh, Maybe Mo Moxley, Moxley Lesnar's up there. Moxley Lesnar. Triple H, uh, Roman Reigns is up there. Wyatt Undertaker. Wyatt Undertaker's up there. Wyatt Randy Orton's up there. Wyatt and Randy Orton may be the fucking most disappointing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Should have been Luke Harper. Sarit Mohanty with a 89 in his currency. He leaves a hot dog emoji. Ew. And Juan Quintero with a $5 super chat. He simply says, love the show. Thank you, Juan. Appreciate your five and super chat. Appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Jesse, before we uh, get in the Mustang, man, any parting words before we uh, get the hell out of here? No, no, no. Stay tuned to my channel. I think I'm going to do um, a review some point tomorrow for both shows of Dark Road into one video of and around 10 minutes or so. No more of this hour-long bullshit for a show that not even enjoy. Yeah. But I will quickly recap it. Like I said, Dark has a, has a small spot in my heart that I just can't shake, so I'll do something with it. I'll figure out something that we can just chill and watch Dark. Listen, man, at one point in time, Dark was the most important show in the industry. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully you get back to it, man. Hopefully. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. Uh, we covered uh, tonight's show. I thought it was uh, a lot of great discussion here. If you guys enjoyed it, I would love if you hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Show some support. If you're not able to leave a super chat, it's the best way to do it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. YouTube shorts are there. I uploaded two today. Uh, you guys can go check that stuff out. Videos. We were live for Monday Night Raw. We were live on Sunday with episode 468. I'll be live tomorrow afternoon after I get back from visiting my grandmother. So I'll be live tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you guys check your sub boxes. Make sure those notifications are turned on. You don't want to miss the midweek update tomorrow. Lots of cool stuff to go over and have some great discussion with. And make sure you guys mark it on your calendar, man. Two weeks. WrestleMania weekend. My mother's basement is debuting. We're going to have a brand new set, brand new location. The OTS universe is growing. Really fucking awesome. Can't wait to show you guys. It's going to be a different vibe for the podcast. It's going to be a whole new interactive experience for a live stream. Nobody's going to be doing what we're doing in the wrestling community, and I love it. Anyway, guys. Tomorrow, live, Friday, SmackDown. You guys know the deal. Let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, man, you guys know what to do. I want to hear that music on Max. I'll see you tomorrow live right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys tomorrow.